Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the I May Be Wrong podcast, and I am your host, Ryan White. Thank y'all for tuning in. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I know I did. My Longhorns got a big win on Saturday night against Oklahoma State. Then on Sunday, my Patriots took care of business. Just nothing but smiles over here. Nothing but smiles. Hopefully y'all can say the same if your team's won. If your team's lost, you might be a little bitter today. But that's all right. That's all right. This is a new week, new week of football, new games. It's not over yet, unless, I don't know, maybe you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins, and hey, (laughs) man, hard times, hard times. But anyway, there's one thing we got to get into first before we go on with the rest of the show. I know it's annoying, and it's something that keeps coming up, but we got to talk about it, and it actually might be over. The Antonio Brown saga. It actually might be over. There was news of a second woman coming out and also accusing him of sexual assault. The Patriots were doing everything that they could to, you know, not answer questions in the media, just keep things quiet, let the process play out. If you know anything about the Patriots, you know that they had instructed Antonio Brown to do the same or probably asked him to do the same. But A.B. couldn't do that. News came out Wednesday that him and his friends actually put the girl in a group text message and were... You know, I guess in some way bullying her or allegedly someone threatened her. And there was a picture of her kids sent out in that text. So the NFL got a hold of it. And once the Patriots got a hold of it, the Patriots did what the Patriots do. They are no nonsense. So they cut him. If this is the end of Antonio Brown's career, if it ends like this, this is the most bizarre ending to a superstar's career that I can remember in any sport. You know, you had guys like Randy who just kind of faded away. Same with T.O. Allen Iverson in basketball just faded away. Same way we're seeing Melo fade away right now. But none of those guys did anything like this. This whole thing, these past two, three months has just been crazy. It's just been a whirlwind. We don't know if he's guilty or not, but the Patriots weren't going to wait and see after he had sent those texts. Now, if he wouldn't have sent those texts, maybe he'd still be in New England because they'd let the legal process play out. But because he couldn't just sit on his hands and chill and stay quiet, they had to go ahead and let him go. This guy went from making $30 million guaranteed with the Raiders to just getting $1 million from them, getting his release, going to the Patriots, a $9 million guarantee, and probably not going to get any of that. So in one year, that's $39 million. You had two opportunities. The first one with the Raiders, we all know how that worked out. The second one with the Patriots, out of all people to take a chance on you, the Patriots took a chance on you. So you know you got to come in there and act right. He couldn't even do that. He was there for 10 days. 10 days. Like, come on, man. Can you imagine Belichick <laughs> having to go have that talk with him? Like, bro, bro, did you have to do that? We turned the cheek on everything else. We looked the other way. We were going to let you slide because we, we, you know, you never know with t- cases like this, especially when it's he say, she say, you never know how it's going to go. It was a civil suit. All you had to do was chill, be quiet. But now that you sent these text messages, I got to let you go. Got to cut you. I know you saying it wasn't a threat. You saying you didn't send the picture, but hey, it kind of looks like it. It kind of sounds like it. Just basically, man, we don't want to be associated with it. So we're going to go ahead and cut ties here. Thank you for the 10 days of hard work. We wish you nothing but the best. We'll see you later. It sucks, man. It sucks to see AB go out like that. When he got on the Patriots, to me, that was equivalent to the Warriors getting Kevin Durant. It was going to be great. Patriots could have just purchased their rings before the season was even over. But we won't see that happen. 
Antonio Brown's gone. The Patriots are moving on. The Patriots are going to do what they do. <laughs> you know that. They'll be a one or a two seed in the AFC, and we'll just see how the rest turns out before AB, man. Hope everything goes well. Wish him the best. Maybe he'll get another opportunity with someone. His agent was saying three teams reached out, but that's what agents do. Of course, he's going to say teams are interested. We don't really know if anybody's interested. Not a lot of people want to have that type of circus around their, their franchise, especially one with these type of serious allegations. But again, we'll see. Moving on. This past Sunday got me thinking, you know, I, I sat and I watched Sunday Night Football. I watched the Browns play the Rams. And if you listen to the last episode, I said this would be a measuring stick for the Browns to see where they are, how they compare to one of the best teams in the NFL, a team that just came off losing the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it, it wasn't pretty at all. And the reason for that is the Browns offense is just not in sync at all. You know, you got people blaming the head coach, Freddie Kitchens. You got people blaming Baker Mayfield. Here's the thing. It's a little bit of both. And it's a whole lot of the offensive line. The offensive line does not look good. I watched them on Monday Night Football against the Jets. Baker was running for his life. Jets were drawing up all types of exotic blitzes. I mean, bringing everybody. Safeties, corners, everybody. And had Baker just running. He was scrambling the entire game. Then you look at Sunday night against the against the Rams and Aaron Donald and Dante Fowler and those guys up front. The Rams barely even blitzed. They rushed four for most of the game. Now, when you got Aaron Donald rushing up the middle, the best D tackle in football, you don't really need to blitz because that O-line could not stop him. And when he was getting up the middle, he'd flush him out. Fowler's there. Baker's running for his life, trying to make a throw on the run or throwing off his back foot. And it was just ugly. It was just ugly. There, there wasn't anything. There was no precision to it. It was bad execution. You had so many flags being thrown on the offense for little stuff, stuff that should have been cleaned up in preseason. False starts on the offensive line, illegal formation, illegal motion. All these things, all these little kinks that you're supposed to take care of during preseason are showing up in week three in a primetime game, two straight prime time games for the Browns because the NFL knew everybody was going to buy into the hype and the NFL is going to make that money. You know that. I don't know, man. After Sunday, it got me thinking, are the Browns a contender or are they a pretender? We're only three weeks in, so I don't want to be too harsh on them and I don't want to overreact or press the panic button or anything like that. But it does have me thinking. I, I can't lie to y'all. I'm watching them play. The defense looks solid, but the defense can't do it on their own. I mean, the defense isn't the best defense. Miles Garrett is a grown man, and he's letting—he's putting every offensive lineman in the NFL on notice that he's coming this year. But when you look at that offense, they just have no identity. Think about this. Think about the Cowboys. We know what they're going to do, right? We know it's Zeke, and we know it's Dak, and we know they're going to spread the ball around, but they're also going to hammer you. We know the Saints. You know what they're going to do. You know their MO. Rams, same thing. They're going to play action you to death. They're going to run the ball. They got three receivers. They got a great tight end that can go. We know what they're going to do. Patriots, they're chameleons every Sunday. If your weakness is a run defense, guess what the Patriots are going to do? They're going to run the ball. If you're weak against the pass, guess what the Patriots are going to do? They're going to throw it. But the Browns, like, we don't even know. There's no chemistry when you watch them play. You see a flash on one drive, and then it takes three more drives to get something going. Consecutive punts or a turnover. Just silly stuff, man. It's not what anybody expected, but it's what you should have expected. You got a first-year head coach who last year was a running backs coach and then got the promotion once everybody got fired and they cleaned house. And you got a second-year quarterback. You bring in Odell to go along with that. And of course, everybody's expecting big things, but the expectations were too high. 
in my opinion. I've told y'all this, my producer is actually one of the biggest Browns fans I know. He's been saying Super Bowl since last year, and that's without Odell and with that horrible coaching staff. <laughs> so I know I told y'all Cowboys fans are delusional, but man, <laughs> sorry, bro. But anyway, there's a lot of football left. So like I said, don't panic yet. I think they'll get it together eventually, but they, they better do it fast. You know, a one or two start, it isn't bad. It's not saying your season is over, but there's some good teams on their schedule and they have to turn things around because it, you don't even have to look far. Just look in their division. Look what Lamar Jackson did on Sunday. Yeah, they lost to the Chiefs, but look at what they did. Their defense is nice. Lamar Jackson, I don't even need to tell y'all about him. Even if you didn't see the game, you saw highlights. And that's who the, the Browns' main competition is going to be. They don't have to worry about the Bengals. Don't have to worry about the Steelers. Both are 0-3. Yes, there's 13 games left. But if the Browns want to be the team that they say they want to be, that most people think they can be, then they need to win those games. But Baltimore, I'm telling y'all, man, Baltimore looks like the real deal. Baltimore looks like the real deal. Lamar Jackson, everybody was saying he should be a running back or switch positions and all this stuff. And they've, they've done nothing but incorporate a lot of things in that offense that are going to help him out. They're letting him be him. You, If you need to take off, take off. Don't hesitate. Just make sure you get out of bounds or you slide. Haven't seen him slide yet, but we haven't really seen him take big hits because nobody can really hit him. He's so elusive. Did you see that touchdown run? You know, the, the, when they slow mowed it, with the little shimmy with the shoulders, then the two-step to the right, to the left, dodge one guy, another guy steps up, does a spin, walks into the end zone. It was just too easy. It was too easy. We haven't really seen that at the quarterback position in a long time. That goes all the way back to Mike Vick. I don't know. Cleveland got to get it together, and they better get it together fast. While we're on contenders and pretenders, how about the Minnesota Vikings? What do y'all think about them? Y'all think they're the real deal? Y'all think they're a Super Bowl contender or not? Gotta be honest, right now I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Dalvin Cook in the running game looked great. Passing game is always gonna be good. The defense is stout. But the one thing that holds me back from saying they are a contender is that quarterback, Kirk Cousins. You never know. You never know which Kirk Cousins you're gonna get. And I got three friends. Y'all heard one of them on the last episode. He's a big Minnesota Vikings fan. I got two other friends, big Minnesota Vikings fans. And, you know, they lose to the Packers. I don't hear anything. Then they beat the the Raiders on Sunday. And all of a sudden, they go into the Super Bowl. Not Juice. Juice, I know you wasn't saying that. But, hey, I'm not going to call anybody's name. But you know who you are. But I had to quickly remind them that their quarterback is Kirk Cousins. I just don't trust him. How can you trust him? What has he done? What has he done? No, seriously, I'm not even hating nothing like that because I'm not one of those people. But what has Kirk Cousins done? When the pressure is on, He's turning the ball over. Look at You don't even have to go far. Just look at last week against the Packers. Two red zone interceptions. Just terrible throws. That's who y'all going to trust? I don't know. I did pick y'all to win the division, though, so a lot of time left. We'll see if they can get things going. Let's stay in the NFC North. Are the Chicago Bears a contender or a pretender? That's easy for me. I think they are a pretender. Their defense is a contender, but their offense, that offense ain't scaring nobody. That offense is not scaring anybody. You don't have to double team any of their receivers. The running game isn't legit yet. And you damn sure don't have to worry about Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback. I mean, that offense, they need a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah, he threw three touchdowns on Monday Night Football. I know. But stop it. I watched it. And if you look at the stat line, you'll be like, oh, yeah, he threw three touchdowns. But if you watch the game, you'll do a shoulder shrug like I just did. Eh, just, eh. Not, I'm not impressed. 
Mr. Trubisky, again, you think of him like Cousins. Cousins has more experience, but but what has Trubisky really done? What has he done? When have we said, damn, the Bears offense looks great. They're clicking on all cylinders. Man, the running game's going. Allen Robinson's going for 150 at receiver. You got Anthony Miller at the other receiver. He's killing. Tight end's killing too, man. Running game, Trubisky just threw for 300. It doesn't even have to be two, 300. It can just, I don't know, man. He's just, he has flash games. Like every third or fourth game, he does something. And we're like, oh, okay. But as far as week to week, nah, I don't trust him. Defense is great. I love Khalil Mack and those guys. Great defense. It sucks that the offense can't match that product productivity, but that's just for now. You never know. Maybe the light switch will come on for Trubisky and he'll just, I don't know, he'll wow everybody. Don't think it's going to happen. Maybe he will. Last but not least, one more team to talk about. And this one's fun for me. Because <laughs> I told y'all I've been having this feeling for a while now. How about the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, oh, oh they haven't beaten anybody. Look who they played, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they're still 3-0. and Yeah, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but if they were to lose to one of those, these teams, then everybody would be hating on them. So they went out and took care of business, and now... People who aren't Cowboys fans can't stand to see Cowboys fans happy. So they're hating on them so hard because they're undefeated. That To me, that's crazy. I mean, how can you hate on an undefeated team? You know how much hate you got to have in your heart? You know how big of a hater you have to be to hate on an undefeated team? I can understand not liking them, but at least respect them. Come on, man. Come on. I, like, what do y'all expect? Y'all expect them to play the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Ravens? The Rams all in consecutive weeks. And then, I mean, I, come on, what are y'all on? They're taking care of business. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Just accept it. The Cowboys are actually legit this year, y'all. They're a true Super Bowl contender. Just accept it. It's okay. I'm not saying you need to be a fan of them, but just don't be that fan. You know, don't be the one who's... You all, People always talk about Cowboys fans aren't realistic. I am one of those people. I used to say that all the time. I still have some friends that are just ridiculous. And even though I'm for the Cowboys and I see what I want them to do well, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I would like to see them do well. Some of the fans still annoy me, but it is what it is. I've I learned to get over it. You know, it doesn't really annoy me like it used to because you just get used to it. When someone shows you who they are, just believe them. That way, every time something comes up, you're not in shock and like, oh, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe the Cowboys fans think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, you know what they're going to say. So just move on. Don't let it get to you. The crazy thing to me is people who hate the Cowboys or hate the Cowboys fans, at this point, they're sounding worse than the Cowboys fans in previous years because they're so angry to see them having success. Now everybody's saying, you know, well, even if they beat the Saints on Sunday, well, they're supposed to beat them because they don't have Drew Brees and blah, blah, blah. So at what point are we going to give credit where credit's due? If they lose to the Saints, everybody's going to kill them. But if they beat the Saints, they'll get zero credit. I don't know. Just funny to me. Just funny. Get that hate out y'all's heart. It's okay to say the Cowboys are legit. That's not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. But come on now. Shout out to my boy Ray and those Eagles. Eh, one and two, bro. Eh, and the Packers Thursday night. <laughs> and the Packers coming up. Oh, no. Nah, I'm just playing, man. That last one was tough. Probably should have got that W. And then the one before that was tough, too. But the Eagles better change something quick. If the Cowboys win on Sunday, they'll have a three-game lead in the division. There'll be a three-game separation. And yes, it is still early in the season, but that is very big. It won't be hard to chase them down in that division, but it, it damn sure ain't going to be easy. So Philly, with all the injuries they have going on right now, 
and every other excuse that you could think of, suck it up, next man up, either make something happen or you don't. And if you don't, then hey, I get to <laughs> I get to gloat and, and just get to say I told y'all so. And it's fun for me this year because so many people are mad at me because I'm saying the Cowboys are good. Like, what y'all want me to say? Y'all want me to keep, y'all want me to act like I'm blind? Like, I don't see the talent that they have? Like, I don't think they'll actually be good? Like, no, they're gonna, they're living up to what we thought they would be. Best running game in the league? Yes, I know Minnesota has the leading rusher right now, but again, three games in. Let's just wait and see. And as far as the they haven't played anybody thing goes, well, this is what I told my friend, my, my Vikings friend fan when he said that. The Patriots haven't played anybody either. And I'm a Patriots fan. But we're 3-0. and I, I, And I said, how can you hate on the Cowboys for not playing anybody, but then not say anything about the Patriots? And of course, simple answer is, well, the Patriots are the Patriots. Hey, I get that 100%. But give respect where respect is due. Cowboys are 3-0, okay? Just suck it up. Move on. Don't let it ruin your day. Don't let it get you down. It's not the playoffs. We ain't to the Super Bowl and all that yet. But like I said, man, just get that hate out your heart. That's all you got to do. Get that hate out your heart. Just let the games play out. Let everything play out. You Ain't no reason to hate on everybody else because your team ain't doing well or because somebody's undefeated and your team isn't. It's football. It ain't always going to go the way you think it's going to go. So let's just wait and see. That's the beautiful thing about the NFL. We don't know. Last but not least, going to go out with some quick hits. Uh, Melvin Gordon, running back for the San Diego Chargers, has decided to end his holdout. I guess he realized uh, he had zero leverage when it came to trying to negotiate a new contract. <laughs> it's kind of pointless, but hey, I feel you, man. Try to get your money. Uh, but the Chargers really do need him. I'm glad he's back. They're 1-2 right now. I don't think he's going to play this week, but after this week, he'll be good to go. And to my baseball fans, don't worry. I haven't forgotten about you. You know, it's just the beginning of football season, so of course I'm going to talk football. But I know the playoffs are about to start. I know that the uh, Yankees, the Astros, and the Twins clinched in the AL. And then in the NL, the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals have clinched. We're still waiting on the wild card teams to be determined. But, I mean, to me... It's probably going to end up being two of those six teams in the World Series, if we're being honest. I definitely would not mind seeing the Astros in there. Y'all know I'm a Texas boy, so I would like to see the Rangers in it. But since they can't make the playoffs, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and cheer on Houston. Finally, I was scrolling uh, my timeline the other day, and I saw something on SportsCenter's report that said Lamelo Ball, the youngest of the Ball brothers is in contention to be the top pick of the 2020 NBA draft. Now, keep in mind, if you if you kept up with this family, then you know, everybody probably knows LeVar Ball and Lonzo Ball. LeVar is the dad who has pissed a lot of people off around the country, but on the other side, there's a lot of people who support him. He's a guy who gave everything for his three sons, and tried to give them the best lives possible. Uh, set him up for success but he also the way that he comes off you know to rub you the wrong way so a lot of people dislike LeVar I don't really mind it I mean there's nothing wrong with a father supporting his children to me uh, what child wouldn't want that especially at the magnitude that he does it now he can put his foot in his mouth sometimes and he'll say some outlandish things if you have watched him for long enough then you know not to let that get to you you know he's just talking sometimes especially when he says things like he'll, he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one don't let that make you mad. LeVar's just talking. LaMelo is now six foot seven, running the point. He's a scoring machine. 
He's playing over in Australia right now. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch his highlights, go watch his highlights. He's come a long way. He's matured a lot. He's actually playing defense. He's not jacking up shots from half court or snowbirding on the other end while the team plays defense so he can get an easy layup. He's actually hooping now, and I'm happy to see it. I actually want Melo to go number one. All the hatred that came to the Ball family a couple years ago, you know, mostly toward LeVar, but then it got to everybody hoping Lonzo was a bust, and he's had some injuries, so people are trying to label him that, but in my, my opinion, he's not a bust. He's too young to even be a bust. We'll see what happens. Then you had Leangelo, the UCLA thing happened, LeVar took him out of there, took Melo out of high school, sent him over to Lithuania to play in some what looked like a rec league. And so everybody completely jumped off the bandwagon and a lot of people stayed. LaMelo has been through all of this stuff, you know, probably since he was 15, 16. So he's had to grow up in this type of spotlight with this microscope on them, with a lot of negative energy being directed towards them, but he's ignored it all. He's matured, like I said, and he's ready now. He's over in Australia and he's doing his thing and I'm happy to see it. I hope he does go number one mainly because it'll piss a lot of people off. <laughs> but I hope he goes number one, man. He's, earn he's earning it right now. We'll see what happens. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week.